0: Welcome to Taking the Helm with Lynn McLaughlin. In this ever-changing world, it's essential to prioritize our children's emotional well-being. Lynn can show you how to learn and model healthy emotional habits for your loved ones and become a rock-solid support system for your family. Now here's your host.
1: Hello from wherever you're listening in the world. Uh, just thrilled to be back again. We have had some incredible, incredible guests over the last few weeks. And in every single episode, we've talked about something different in terms of our own and our families, our children's emotional well being. Uh, why am I doing this? I did retire four years ago uh, from the position of a superintendent of education. I had been a principal, a vice principal, a teacher, a consultant. Uh, in a board of over 35,000 students. And I saw the need when I was in the role to be proactive rather than responding when we see that we have challenges with our children's emotional or mental health. Uh, Levels of anxiety were growing in our board and we were responsive, right? We put in resources, we put in supports. And then I had an aha moment uh, out for a walk about four years ago and thought, what? We've got it all backwards and that's what this is all about That's what this show is all about so i i'm thrilled to bring you our guest today amber or sorry our our guest today margaret uh, borisma but last week just a quick recap um amber raymond was our, our guest she talked about the most prevalent concern she sees in youth as a practice practicing social worker the stages of development in our kids which is very important because sometimes we have expectations for them that they're not ready for yet developmentally And I thought this was fascinating as well, how our emotional age and our chronological age are often different due to the childhood experiences we've had, how we recognize and process our own emotions to model for our own kids. You can listen to that episode. Uh, We go live as we are now at 10 a.m. EST every Wednesday, but within a couple of hours, you can listen on any podcast app or on the Voice America link. I am very excited to introduce my friend, Margaret Borisma. She's an expert in social and emotional intelligence with over 35 years of experience in education. As an educational consultant, a trainer, and a speaker, she helps families assimilate communication and leadership skills into their lives. Margaret's mission is to bring emotional intelligence to schools, families, and workplaces to enable them to flourish. She's co-authored a chapter in Brian Tracy's book, Emerge, and she's currently working on her own book called The Dynamic Teaching Model. Margaret has trained teachers in various countries worldwide. Hello to you today, Margaret. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Margaret is coming to you from Ontario as well as I. Uh, as well, I guess I am. There you go. There's my grammar kicking in. <laughs> the teacher in us never goes away. <laughs> oh, Margaret, you have developed exceptional programs for both parents and educators across the globe. Not only that, but you offer a myriad of resources. What led you to become so dedicated and driven by what you do now? Oh, that was that. This is a calling. I see this as a calling. I could
2: take you way back because it really started way back. And honestly, I didn't realize that until I did an exercise about four years ago, realizing, oh, my, I've been on the same career path and not just career path, but just who I am my whole life. So do you want to hear that story? So, okay, so I'm 11 years old and I'm standing on the back doorstep and I'm overhearing my mother on the phone. And I know she's talking about me when she says, she just can't learn. And I remember all the times every night she used to help me with homework, reading comprehension and math, problem solving and spelling. Oh, mm-hmm. and I thought in that moment it was kind of an underline. She kind of underlined for me. I am stupid and I will always have to work harder than anyone else just to be average. Oh, And that it Was a pivotal moment for me, very pivotal. And so, fast forward a little bit. In uh, grade ten, I was in—I um, wasn't doing well academically, and my mother met with the guidance teacher without me. And when I came home from school, she said, "The guidance teacher and I have been talking. We think it's important that you go to the general stream, which is applied, or you know, it cuts off your." Uh, academic possibilities um, because school is just too hard for you and part of me was relieved but part of me thought am I cutting off any potential of you know so I said to her can I I change my mind and go back to academics if this doesn't work for me and she said no Mm. she said that's never done it's too hard anyways I went into the general stream the next year And um, so my grade 11 year, and I just couldn't relate to the kids there. They um, were so different than me. Um, They wouldn't speak up in class, they wouldn't hold class discussions. The, The teacher was trying hard and one time this one girl came in half an hour late for history class and the teacher says, where were you? Oh, I was outside smoking, came back from work late i just going to relate. And, and mm-hmm. you know, so it, it just wasn't me. And I just thought so I worked as hard as I could that year. And at the end of the year, I asked to go back to academics, which I did. Yeah, and it does. was never done. So that was kind of a, the start of me doing things, I think, that no one else would do. Oh, my the goodness. Persistence that it took.
1: And, you know, you put your mom's hat on, right? Trying to do the best thing that she thought was for you. But wouldn't it have been wonderful for you to be involved in that conversation (laughs) with the guidance (laughs) head and been there in grade 10, right? That's something we all know today. Yeah. The kids are old enough to make these decisions and be part of them. Oh, my goodness. It's all about them. It was all about you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so one day in grade 12, I was walking past the elementary school and I heard kids singing and I thought, what if I could become a teacher? Mm -hmm. You know, and I had gone back to academics by then. Right. And it was my last year of high school. And I thought, I'm going to change the way things are done because I did not learn in the traditional manner of sit, listen to lectures, get it and regurgitate on a test.
1: Mm, Very. A lot of a lot of people don't.
2: (laughs) And a lot of people still teach that way because it worked Mm -hmm. for them. But it doesn't work for every child. And so throughout my teaching career, I did find a methodology that engages the whole brain and
1: and all kids are are learning. And it's very practical. I, you know, and I was one of those. Uh, I guess I would say I was an academic learner to some degree, an exceptional reader, you know, all of those kinds of things. My issues were different. Uh, um, but visual is what I needed. Right. Mm-hmm. So many of us are visual learners, hands-on learners now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love the, what you shared about, you know, going into a stream and, and that's not the, you know, it's never been done before. doesn't mean that it can't be done. Doesn't mean that pro, that solutions cannot be found. And I'm so thrilled that you are with you are with us today, Margaret. All right. Let's start talking about some of the things that you have developed, um, you have something called a parent wellness scale. Tell us more about that. Yes.
2: Well, I became really interested in working with parents as well as educators because and the children, of course, because we are a community, right? We are a team. And, I, you know, if there's a kid in the class like Patrick, I would say we are team Patrick on a parent teacher night. Oh. And so now I want to, I, I also provide parent workshops And so, I developed this parent wellness scale, and I'll just tell you in general what it is. It's four different um, states that a parent could find themselves in. And you know you're in this state because you're basing it on your observable behaviors of your children. So, the first state is a state I call dysfunction. And dysfunction means there is very low potential for connection and a detrimental state of general well-being. We need to be connected in our families. And sometimes we're too busy, too anxious, too whatever to really nurture that connection, which Mm -hmm. means that not only do our children suffer, but so do we. We all need that connection. And so basically, your children exhibit behaviors of upset and you feel responsible for their emotional wellness. Not a great combination. So the second state is a state I call struggle. And struggle means there is some potential for connection and general well-being. And so I won't go through all the individual ways of knowing, but I'll just say that your children need your daily help with relationship issues and lack the motivation to do schoolwork chores and anything else. So that is the basic summary of the state of struggle. The third state is a state I call traction. And traction means there's an average potential for connection and your children have a a sense of overall well-being so basically things are tolerable with routines and there is a constant busyness to keep things going in the household and then there's a gap and that's where i can help you with my program but there i'm sure there's other programs that can help fill the gap too but most of us most of us as parents and teachers and human beings resist getting help. And so this is kind of my plea for it. you can reach this state too. So the final state is a state I call thriving and thriving means there's full potential for connection, a sense of empowerment and well-being, And you know, you're in this state when, for example, um, your children use practical tools to manage their stress and their own relationships. Um, your children can not only calm themselves down, but they know how to calm others down. I'm giving you some of the specifics now. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, they, you, your children usually think from a positive perspective. You don't hear their self-talk as being "I'm so stupid, I can't do this. This sucks." Okay, those kind of remarks are are negative, and they bring us all down, not just the child who's thinking and saying them. They nurture their own relationships. They're curious and excited about their learning, even talking about it during their breaks when they don't even have to concentrate on it. They're motivated to make a difference for others. They set goals, they seek feedback, and they self-assess. And there's time with family and a list of activities to draw from, family activities. And you as a parent have time to do your own work and the energy to address needs. And you see yourself as a facilitator of family life or a guide on the side. So basically, your children nurture their own relationships. They love learning and spending time
1: with family. Wow. So, I mean, thriving is possible. Talk about self compassion a lot here, right? We're all, and I can see it, Margaret, the way you've described it, that based on life's events or things that happen, you can move from one stage to another. You can even you can you can skip even, stages. Right, even. you can skip stages. And yeah, and I isn't the first part to just be aware, identify it. Everyone is listening right now. Where are you in those four stages? And then do you, do you want to get to thriving? You can, you yes. can do it.
2: You can yeah, believe you can. in it.
1: <laughs> I believe
2: that we're, you know, all human beings want and do the best that they can in the moment with the awareness and the knowledge they have right now. Yes. How much further does an athlete go when they have a coach, right? Athletes Mm -hmm. don't make it to the top of their potential to that thriving level without a coach. I think we all need
1: coaches. Parents need Uh, coaches too. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, what I've learned now, I wish I had a coach or, or a parenting coach or even a business coach, you know, when we first started rather than struggling and doing it ourselves, we've got people out there that have the answers and and sometimes we think, no, I'm alone. The, I'm the only one who's experiencing this, and it, it, that's not true. <laughs> there are many, many people struggling to get to thriving. All right, let's yeah. go to something concrete, Margaret, mm. because you've developed a whole bunch of games that teach social emotional learning. Let's yeah. talk about the power of games, and then I'm going to be your guinea pig. And and yes, okay. I will You'll play a game with you. you and okay, good. see how it goes. Okay.
2: All right. So this is not computer games and this is not board games, although board games can help bring a family connections. Right. These are um, interactive games and they are a little bit physical, as in you usually have to get up out of your seat. They're not strenuous or anything like that. And for this one, when I play this one game that I'm going to chose to play with you, it's called one, two, three. And it's basically standing, facing a partner. So we're gonna do it from where we are right now. And one, two, three, so all these games, I just wanna say this up front. all these games teach social and emotional skills. So sometimes in school, we like to call it emotional literacy. And so we're going to play the game and then we're gonna unpack what it teaches, which specific skills it teaches, okay? All right, let's do it. All right, so um, one of us is going to say one, the other one will say two, and then three, and then back to one. And we go as fast as we can. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Can
1: I, can I call out my brain injury here? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> can I have an accommodation? <laughs> With kids, no. they love this, even around the supper table,
2: right? It's like, you only have to yeah. count to three. Yep, it's not a hard game, right? All right, let's do it. Not a hard game. Okay,
1: here we go. Who's going to start? Uh, you'll go ahead. Okay, one. Two.
2: Three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Awesome, all right, so you see how choppy it was? A little bit choppy, it was the first time round. you went really fast, so amazing already, first time, <laughs> yes. But let's try and make it a little bit even so that okay. it's it's one,
1: two, three, one, two, three. You can see if like, we can- Like a, like a second hand on a clock, okay. Yes, ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. All
2: right, good. So if I (laughs) slow down a little then, you know, it was okay. And it's only your second time playing the game. So that was awesome. So when I do this around the dinner table or when I do this in a class full of kids, um, then the kids always wanna say, hey, we can go faster. And so I say, okay, both of you, let's see what you can do. And then you can scaffold it and make it harder, right? So by making it harder, I mean like instead of one, clap. So the person who says one would just clap. And the other one says, I'll clap. You say two. Uh-huh,
1: Aha, okay. I see. And then
2: I say three, and then you clap.
1: Oh. So we can make
2: it hard like that. But first, let's unpack this. Um, which of these uh, skills are we learning? Creativity? Maybe not as much. What about critical thinking? Mm. Yeah, maybe not as much. How about collaboration?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Um, cognitive flexibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah emotional intelligence
1: yes some of the components of emotional intelligence for
2: sure yeah, yep. neither of us had meltdowns in that moment and if we did well we would
1: learn from that people management yes i think so we're listening to each other i'm listening to the instructions on following the cues coordinating with others yes yeah judgment yep yep decision making yes There you go. So all of those are social emotional skills that we need to learn. I love it. I love it. Wow. Okay. So we are about to head off to break, but when we come back with Margaret Borisma, we're going to be talking about how we can support our anxious kids. I was talking about that at the beginning of the show, conflict resolution strategies that work. And, you know, how do we actually show compassion for ourselves and others? Uh, Getting unstuck is how we're going to move uh, towards the end of the show and teaching our kids about empathy. We'll be right back.
3: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: (laughs) Our children are growing up in a world that is more complex than ever. It's time to start thinking proactively. Meet Zerko and the children who glow in the color they are feeling because they haven't learned to control their emotions yet. In the Power of Thought Children's series, we're not only teaching children about emotional vocabulary, but how to recognize how they are feeling and what they can do about it. We live on an imaginary planet called Tezra, where every character is named after a crystal. Each of the five books in the series takes children into a situation they can relate to, but teaches problem-solving skills and evidence-based strategies they can use for life. This series was developed in collaboration with clinicians, educators, parents, and guardians, and it's the winner of the Mom's Choice Award. Check it out at lynnmclaughlin.com under the Books tab.
1: Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems.
3: Are you feeling confused by all the medical information out there? Listen to Healthy Wealthy You to learn strategies that will help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. It's you living your best life. Healthy Wealthy You with host Dr. Camille Vardy, Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You're listening to Taking the Helm with Lynn McLaughlin have a question for lynn or her guests join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 now back to the show
1: Welcome back. And we are here with parent, uh, with a parent wellness uh, educator, parents, she's got so many things to offer uh, adults, I'm just gonna say because there's so much out there in terms of our emotional regulation, emotional intelligence. Before the break, we talked a bit about uh, Margaret's um, developed Parent Wellness Scale, and you can figure out where you are and how you're going to get to thriving with her support. And we also played a little game, just one example of social emotional literacy games, um, which basically are teaching the skills. uh, And we talked about what that was before the break. Let's jump in now, Margaret, to anxious kids. We all know whether diagnosed or not diagnosed, anxious kids are among us. We can talk. This was pre-pandemic. The pandemic has certainly exacerbated this how do you recommend where do we start where do we start i think first we have to realize that we
2: have basic human needs and children's anxiety has has not just been rising during the pandemic but most people became aware of it at that time basically it started about 20 years ago and if you think about it that's when computers first people started getting their own computers and putting kids in front of them and there's a big problem with that. Um, kids are anxious. I'll just say it like this. Kids are anxious because they don't have a way of processing their feelings. So Dr. Um, Hannah Beach, she uh, co-wrote um, a book called Reclaiming Our Students. And then um, the subtitle was long. It had something to do with um, when your kids are aggressive or, or completely withdrawn. Neither Neither is good. Um, and what do we do with them? And her big thing is it's do not have free playtime anymore. That is a child's way of processing emotions. And she distinguishes between entertainment and play. Entertainment is putting a device in front of them or when they have screen time, whether it's TV, device, computer, doesn't matter. That is not where they get to process their stuff we all need processing time and adults process differently than children and so she she is so adamant that we need to provide free play time for our children again and every day so that they get a chance to process and that that will be the number one thing that helps their anxiety go down. And there's other things that we can do, you know, like we, we do things in school like deep breathing exercises and some schools have yoga for kids or mindfulness exercises or what I like to call the settle chair. It used to be called the timeout chair. It's not anymore. This is kind of fun. This is my thing. You, you put a nice chair out in the corner of a room or, you know, off to the side, not isolated in the kid's room. And if they need a chance to settle down, they can go to the settle chair. And you have to model it as parents. When you feel anxious, your kids pick up on that. Then you say, I need a time in the settle chair. And you go to this settle chair where nobody bothers you. You might listen to some soft music. You might have some things to fiddle with or fidget with. Or you might have a book that helps you calm down. Whatever it takes, you have to model it so that your children will start recognizing when they feel anxious and take themselves to the settle chair. And when they're finished, they can come back and join in.
1: Oh, so that's the settle chair. I I I love the way you describe that too. And then learning to take advantage of that and recognize it and then choosing that Coping mechanism, we'll call it, for yeah. them. And as they grow older, they are, they're going to find different things that work for them yeah. as they experience the uh, the other emotions. And I love how we're going down to little people here, little people yeah. here. And I I want to yeah. add to this, um, allowing kids to play or making sure that kids play every single day. Yeah. We oh, we structure kids' days so much, and I was a, I was guilty of this as a parent. You know, it was a do 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 go go go. Yeah. But then what happens is they look to us for entertainment and how to keep busy as opposed to just experiencing what they enjoy and what they love to do letting kids be bored is a really important part of it call that play call it what it call it outdoor time call them just out in the backyard for a little while and go have some fun yeah let our kids be bored yeah let them be bored why
2: there's a there's a lot of reasons for it like you just pointed one out but there's another one If we don't allow our children to be bored, in which, and in that moment, they need to decide for themselves what they're going to do that satisfies them. They grow up expecting someone else to regulate their lives and their days, and they have no idea how to organize themselves, schedule themselves, nothing. Because they've always had somebody do it for them, and so they're reliant on that. Whether it's your boss at university, your professors, it doesn't matter. You grow up with that, and that's that's you 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 go through a time of having a really hard time because you haven't
1: developed in that area. Mm-hmm. In Ontario, I will add that we have play based learning in our early years classrooms. Now we all know <laughs> what a turn that took uh, during COVID. We're moving back to that again, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a yeah, wonderful thing. It is
2: oh, vigorous exercise, getting outside, like you said, very important. And here's another thing that helps bring down um, anxious, anxiousness in children. When there's something going on that has nothing to do with them, like you're arguing with your spouse, for example, you have to at some point, you know, once you're calm, turn to your child and say, it's not your fault. Children are made to be um, self-centered. That's that's who we are as children. And egocentric stage, egocentric, and it's it's about survival. So they think that even though there's an argument going on between two parents for example that it's their fault. Mm. And they'll never tell you that, but they will go through life thinking it's their fault. And then you'll notice it later if you have the opportunity to know your child is an adult and uh, you know they might they might they might decide in that moment that they're not lovable. Then they go and they date different people and they break it off before mm. it develops into anything because they don't want to be the one that was left so you know it's just it's so important to tell children it's not your
1: fault when it's not your fault I want to take that and extend that. Yeah. If I, if I can just extend that to what they hear around them, right? Uh, What we hear on the television, what we hear on the radio, what we're streaming through our telephone, through our telephones. Sometimes we just take it for granted. Oh yeah, here we go again. They're hearing that those little, little people are hearing those things and they're taking that all in, in the egocentric stage. So being aware and conscious of that, shutting those things down, you know, giving them that time, giving that time with you is so, so important. I love that you explained it that way, Margaret. Mm. All right. Well, you know, you, you, a great segue, we were talking about an, you know, an argument over her between adults, but let's talk about when there's conflict wrestle, there's conflict with your kids in your family. This is one of the toughest things, you know, if you got, uh, you know, two partners and one sees it this way and one sees it that way. And, and, you know, it it can become upsetting and our kids take all of that in. They do. You recommend. Yeah. You recommend some conflict resolution strategies that work. Yeah.
2: I want to preface that a little bit by saying Dr. Betty Price wrote a really good book called um, The Space Between Us. And she talks about we all have five human needs and those human needs are expressed in what children say. So one is belonging. And you will know a child has that need in the moment when they say they're not letting me play for example. Ah. Um, Right? Recognition. Every human needs recognition. Children will say, his piece is bigger than mine. For example. Self-determination. I can do it myself. Security. Mommy, will you hold me? Mm. And meaning. But why?
1: But why? three-year-olds are great at that. But why? Oh, yes. Oh, my oldest son, who's now a scientist. Oh, we used to call him our "why boy. Our "why boy. Why? 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 See? But honestly,
2: adults have the same needs. Yeah. We don't express it in language, maybe. But I've thought of some examples. So let's say belonging. Um, I wasn't invited. We might not say that out loud, but that's what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Recognition. I never get acknowledged. Um. Self-determination. Don't tell me what to do.
1: Uh
2: Security. I'll talk to my best friend. Mm. Meaning. It makes no sense. Okay? Yeah. So honestly, those five key needs, and when you meet those needs with your children, their anxiety will come down too. And those are conflict resolution needs. Why? You need to be aware. If you're not aware of what a human need is and how your child is, is, uh, expressing it, then you're not, not going to know what to do.
1: Yeah. To calm that, calm yourself down <laughs> <Yeah. And laughs> or calm, calm, calm someone down, else right? down. Yeah. What, what yeah. is your make it right formula, Margaret? Ah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. So my make it right formula is when there's something between you and someone else and, or you've upset someone or, um, even somebody has upset you, you can take the initiative to make it right. So it's W I P E, which is wipe the wipe it clean to start over. So what the W is um, what happened, what actually happened, not the story about it, the excuses, the reasons, uh, none the of facts. that. The facts, exactly what happened. The I is the most important. The I is the impact. What impact did it have on the other person?
1: And what impact did it have on you? So, you know, that is so important because too often we don't think about the impact on other people. Especially children, right, who are in the egocentric stage. It's all about them. Exactly. Which is a natural part of their development. Yes. Yes. I love it so far. Okay, Pete. So, yeah. So it's admitting, really.
2: It's that conflict. You know how you have the restorative circle? But they they tend to take a long time. This is a Mm. very short version, but the impact there is also the most important step. Mm. If you don't realize the impact you have on somebody else, you're going to do it again. It's like telling a child, say you're sorry. And the next day they do the same thing because they're not sorry because they don't get the impact. Okay, so then there's the P. The P is plan. Plan a different way of dealing with the same situation going forward and do it. Yeah. Okay. And then the E is elevate the person, you know, you can elevate somebody like make them feel good through a genuine compliment, for example, or by, you know, I didn't invite you to my birthday party, but I I really want you to come over next Saturday and do something with me. So, yeah. So that's the wipe formula. And we all need it. It's when we fall out of integrity we need to use it with that with each other we need to teach our kids to use it and we have
1: to recognize that we'll mess up every day yeah and you know just you, the elevate part at the end just working through this process and be able being able to say the facts and understand our impact and then plan forward that is huge and and i would think after that happens a few times it just becomes more of a natural process and they yes. get better at it right they and then do. of course yeah. there'll be there's less conflict because yeah right yeah just and, and there's
2: more forgiveness because we realize oh they messed up but i don't need to take it too hard because i mess up too there's this whole awareness that comes from using
1: that white formula the, the make it right formula beautiful beautiful yeah. Well, you talked about forgiveness. I want to jump in and we talked about this very briefly at the beginning of the show too. compassion for self and others. This mm. world is always changing and boy, we, we can feel really stressful and overwhelmed. Many of us are today to the point where we just yeah. want to say, hold on, let me off this treadmill. <laughs> it's it is so important for us to be kind to ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, what stops us? This is something that stops us from reaching our goals when we don't give it, give ourselves that uh, forgiveness, I guess I'll use the word forgiveness. I'm a type A, you know, this Margaret about me, I'm a type A personality. And it's only been in the last five years that I've learned to chill. Okay, that didn't work out. It's all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot. It's not like I didn't do that before. But now it just be it's just, ah, oh, well, yeah, It, it was meant to be or it wasn't meant to be right now. And we'll find another way that's so cool
2: that that you are even able to be aware of that to do that and not take it so hard
1: we can beat ourselves up all the time right and it, like it, it doesn't serve time. us well and it doesn't serve the people we love well either no, or the people doesn't. we go into work with because you know we wear that Yeah, <laughs> we, we take that with us wherever we go don't we yeah yeah we
2: do we do indeed so i'll give you some strategies for looking after yourself okay So one is, like I mentioned before, understand that at any given point in time, we're doing our best with the understanding and awareness we have in the moment. We might do something different in five minutes if we get some coaching or some strategies in between now and then. And that's okay. We're all evolving. And every day of our lives, we will be evolving. We are lifelong learners. And if we just realize that, we don't expect ourselves to have all the answers at any given point in time. Talk things over with a trusted friend or adult, someone with empathy. Mm. Very important.
1: Somebody Not who, someone who's going to throw their, their, their thoughts at you. Boom, take this. <laughs> no, somebody. And you know what? Your kids actually will teach you what they need. So
2: my kid is 27 now. And he says, Mom, I just want to rant. Don't give me any advice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoop. Zip up, <laughs> and then I recreate him. I paraphrase what he says and and uh, empathize. You
1: mm-hmm. know, it
2: sounds like you're really upset because your boss still hasn't gotten back to you about blah blah blah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then ask forgiveness. Okay, when you mess up, that's the white formula, the make it right formula. If you can think of what it is, but just simply ask forgiveness
1: and then forgive yourself. That is a big one. And Forgi- asking for forgiveness yeah. from our children too. Like, yes. you know, there's, I am so sorry, uh, you know, and then we model that we're human. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then we model when they have mirror
2: neurons going on all the time and they will eventually realize, oh, I can do this too. And it's not a big deal. My mom yeah. did it. Right. Yeah. Start each day newly is the fourth one. Your past does not have to predict your present and your future. And that's a big one.
1: Very powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah all right well we are going to head off for our second break but when we come back with margaret if we're stuck how are we going to get in stock? we're going to talk about how we can teach empathy to our children and you know be do and have how we can set up ourselves for success we'll see you back in a moment
3: voice america is on linkedin connect with us today <laughs>
0: Our children are growing up in a world that is more complex than ever. It's time to start thinking proactively. Meet Zerko, and the children who glow in the color they are feeling because they haven't learned to control their emotions yet. In the Power of Thought Children series, we're not only teaching children about emotional vocabulary, but how to recognize how they are feeling and what they can do about it. We live on an imaginary planet called Tezra, where every character is named after a crystal. Each of the five books in the series takes children into a situation they can relate to, but teaches problem-solving skills and evidence-based strategies they can use for life. This series was developed in collaboration with clinicians, educators, parents, and guardians, and it's the winner of the Mom's Choice Award. Check it out at lynnmclaughlin.com under the Books tab.
3: Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine miller Carris for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: If you care about your health, your children's future, and the planet's prosperity... Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers nature-based solutions for our own survival as a species. Your hosts, Jimena and Lorenzo, will point you in the direction of making better everyday choices for your health, the planet, and future generations. On the edge of intellectual, poetic, and spiritual perspectives, Healthy Planet, Healthy You, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
3: Wanna see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to
0: Taking the Helm with Lynn McLaughlin. Have a question for Lynn or her guests? Join us on the show at one 866 472 5792 That's 1-866-472-5792. Now, back to the show.
1: And we're back with Margaret Borisma. We've been talking about compassion for self and others, some really key strategies that work for conflict resolution in our families, and so much more before the first and uh, second break. We're going to move into how we get unstuck. Like how do we talk about things that get and resolve them when we we know we're not in a place that we want to be, we want to move forward, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we we really we ask ourselves this
2: question, and this is what I say to parents too in my workshops. I said If you look after yourself physically and mentally and emotionally and socially and spiritually um, and you work smarter, not harder, Mm -hmm. um, will will I thrive as a parent and will my kids thrive? And the hard answer is not necessarily. Mm -hmm. But there are some key things we can do as parents. And the main thing is take care of what's keeping you stuck. And it's in our blind spot it's usually something we're not aware of. And it starts very early in our lives. And it is uh, a set of lenses, colored lenses. And we see the world through those lenses. And the longer we wear those lenses, the less we realize we're wearing lenses. So what we do is like, for example, it usually happens between three and five, and uh, something is beyond our control. And we make a decision about ourselves. The decision might be, I'm not good enough. As or, you shared, as you shared was your yes, experience as a child. Uh-huh. Yes. And I'm Which not developed sure. your limiting beliefs. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I'm talking about. What develops limiting beliefs? And they're in our background. They run our lives, but we're not conscious of them. And so how do you get how do you unpack that so you could be the best version of yourself possible and you and your family can thrive? That's what we're talking about. Right. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So you have something to hang your hat on. So you might say to yourself, I should know what to do to have my children succeed. And your limiting belief might be, even though I work hard and continue to read self-help books, I'm not good enough versus the healthy way of thinking about it is I am looking for what is missing. Okay. So rather than Uh Uh I should know what to do to have my children succeed, we should be
1: thinking I'm looking for what is missing. Okay. So you're not getting stuck on what you think isn't working. You're looking for what could work. Exactly. What could change.
2: Yes. Here's another example. If I didn't have to deal with my child's or my sibling or her siblings upsets all the time, putting out fires and settling bullying issues, for example, the limiting belief could be, I'm not good enough to figure this out versus healthy way of thinking about this. Just like I think, teach other things to my kids, I can teach them step-by-step actions with
1: social and emotional skills as well.
2: Step-by-step. Mm. Positive
1: step. approach. Yes. You're, it, yeah. you Take away the negative, move to the positive outlook. It's possible. it is
2: possible for anyone. Here's the last example. I will plan ahead better in order to get everything done. A lot of us were talking like that, especially during COVID when we had so much on our plate. It was just so unfair. I get it. And your negative, your limiting belief might have been, I'm just not good enough. Okay, I should be able to do all this. In other words, you're shooting on yourself versus a healthy way. I give time and attention to my children. My to-do list is not
1: a priority. Oh wow! And you know, we're all we we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. We've all been we in have, those statements, those negative limiting belief statements. But it yeah. does change your it cha- it changes your. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe. It changes my emotion in terms of being hopeful instead yeah. of oh, I can't do this.
2: Oh, it's so interesting that you would say that, Lynn, because I just did a three-hour parent workshop at a church with mostly Chinese people. And um, so my PowerPoints were all translated as well so that people could follow. There's translation happening in the room. But we talked a little bit about these limiting beliefs. And people at the end actually said, I feel hopeful. I feel calm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not a mess up.
1: Oh, wonderful. It was
2: so beautiful to hear them express that and they allowed me to tape it so i'm going to be creating a little
1: um trailer um, oh, wonderful! Can't yeah. wait to can't wait yeah. to see that. Oh my goodness, what uh, you? Uh, maybe I was a fly on the wall. <laughs> maybe you were. And the funny thing is,
2: in the room right next door, the children's program was happening. So I oh. created five lessons for children on video. Oh and, my goodness! And they were learning similar things to the parents. So now the families can talk about it. Oh, this beautiful. isn't the kind of thing that you know how to talk about.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. And we have to learn. We have to learn. And and, and so let's, let's jump into a really important piece. How would empathy, first of all, what is the definition of empathy from your perspective? Because people see this in very different ways. Yeah.
2: So empathy is different than sympathy. I think empathy is not going down the rabbit hole of the emotions of the other, but totally connecting to it uh, anyways, So if you're sympathetic to somebody who's just had an accident, for example, you're not able to help pull them up or help them to think positive. But empathy is you realize you're separate from that person. You can empathize, but you still have the possibility of lifting them up and and being that instrumental ear that they need, that listener that they need. Uh, And you can, yeah, it's so important. Um, It's so important that we all learn about
1: empathy and all. Yeah. And listening with the intent of understanding and validating the person and how they're feeling. Yes. Yes. Ah, Yes. So how do we teach it? How do we teach it to our kids?
2: I like teaching it through story. So with kids, story is one step removed from real life. And you can always, you know, go back to, well, how does this relate to what's happening in your life right now? But for kids, it's and it helps them to be brave. When they see the characters being, you know, brave, they can start talking about their own feelings, too. So I love doing it through story. And in... <clears throat> Do I have time for a little tiny story? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I love this one story. It's about um how the it's a Brazilian folktale, how the brown beetle got its gorgeous coat, something like that. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: uh there's a rat in the story. And the rat is the enemy of the brown beetle. And he's loud and angry and mean and aggressive. And the kids get they're the brown beetle. And so they're they're living with this. And and, and because we do it all in role, like they become the brown beetle and I come in role as the rat with a big black cape over me. And oh. uh, yeah, and I'm loud and aggressive and all that. And then later in the story, you know, they they have to become independent because they've grown up and the mother beetle says you have to go out and fly. But they're so scared of the rat. What do you want to do with them? I say, <laughs> kill them look at all the oh, wars in the world right like we yeah. still as adults we do that too we still can't problem solve by talking and so what if we interview them and find out what's going on what do you want to ask them inevitably they, they say why are you so mean ah. so they then they uh, put the questions in order of priority and um then i go out and get the black rat and i come in as the black rat and i say what you want to ask me some questions what are they and i'm leaving <laughs> if you're not respectful <laughs> and then they, so when when they ask questions like why are you so mean i reveal the backstory and i say and i made this up but you can make this up as parents too what's the backstory of the perpetrator or the bully in your story okay so mine was well i live in a tiny little hole and i'm the youngest of 15 rats and i don't know where my father is he left a long time ago and in order to get any food or even attention i have to make myself really big and loud and angry feeling and they totally get it. Empathy happens on the spot. Oh, wow. But only when I become vulnerable in that moment, like this is, this is my situation and I'm talking from my heart. And then they say, well, you should tell yourself. I have a clip on this. Oh, my goodness. You should tell yourself that you're okay the way you are. Okay, I said, I'll say that. I'm okay the way I am. I'm okay the way I am. And so it's beautiful. This heart to heart connection happens when you take a role in a story of the mean guy and the children are in role as the Brown beetle in the story.
1: And, and they get empathy just like that. Oh, and I think the other part of it, just from, Oh, I I got, I have goosebumps, but the other part is they can start to think about, Oh, why is that person behaving that way? Maybe there's something that I don't know. There's more to this. They're they're mean or they're nasty or they're sad or they're angry yeah, because. Exactly. Why. And that's, and that's take another out piece of empathy.
2: Yeah. Exactly, right? You take it out of role. Then you go out of role and you say, well, how does this connect? Well, you know, there's somebody in my life that I teach them how to talk respectfully about people so they're not identifying some people on the playground as a bully, well, person A said this to me and I didn't know what to say back. Okay. So what could person A
1: have have? Maybe his pet bird died that morning. Yeah. You don't know. Right. And, and I also love the way you're modeling, not giving the answers to kids. Oh, right. Oh. We so often, and I was, I was very guilty of this, right. I was the, I was the control person. I know why as my childhood, I, I've identified all of those kinds of things, but Oh, here's the answer. Oh, you should try this. Oh, let's go do this. As opposed to you just modeled it. Well, what do you, what what do you, why do you think that happened? What do you think you could do about, let's talk about the possibilities, which one would you like? What are the pros? What are the cons? And yeah. And then we teach them to problem solve so they can use them for life. use that strategy for life. Yeah. And you, and you don't own the problem. You have to let the kid own the problem. So
2: you know the seven-year-old gets bullied. He's not allowed to play soccer with the kids on the playground. Well, what do you do? He comes to you on duty, and or the parent doesn't matter. They won't let me play. I've asked them every day for five days, and they still won't let me play. Oh, that must make you feel really sad. Yeah, you really wanted to play. Paraphrase, empathize, and then, and then, um, and then they say, and, yeah, well, can you go talk to them?" So, you know, after the, you have to calm them down emotionally first. So paraphrase right. and empathize over and over until you see that emotional temperature come down. Then you ask, what would you like to do about it? Don't tell them what to do about it. Let them own the problem because you can start problem solving once your emotional temperature is down. Yeah. So now is their chance to problem solve. Well, maybe you could go and tell them to let them play with me. And mm-hmm. I said, well, no, that's me doing it. I can support you. Yes that's key. so you come up with two or three options which one do you think you'd like to try first and how can i support you well can you stand beside me while i tell them yeah well, i could do that
1: oh beautiful
2: That so they're owning it all the time and what they do is they gain confidence in their ability to problem solve even when they're feeling sad and disappointed about something yeah and we could start this at a very young
1: age yeah absolutely we'll at a very young age mm, oh my goodness wow Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about setting yourself up for success. Uh, Margaret, I'm just going to have to ask you now, as we move to the end of the show, I know that there are people listening that want to know more. How can they reach you uh, if they want more information? What have you got coming up that you can offer? I have a free offer of a whole set of games, nine pages of those games that you can play with
2: your kids. And, um, do you want me to tell you how to get it right now the link yeah please all right it's called um well you have to put the url https colon slash slash offer one dot margaret borsma.com excellent excellent and then you'll get a free set of games and then the next notice in the thank you note you will have an opportunity to buy those five videos for your kids and for family discussions. And they're $20. I made them really inexpensive so that everybody could get them. Beautiful. So that's that's one thing. And then if families want some coaching or parents want some coaching, I have a couple of spots left for the summer. So you can have the most amazing summer and it starts with a free call. And then we'll both see if if that's really what you want to go through with. And if it is, we'll talk
1: about the details in that free call. Oh, thank you so much! And Borisma is spelled B-O-E-R-S-M-A. Yes, and you can <laughs> email. Are me. Listening, happy to email uh, M.B. at margaretborisma dot com. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your thirty-five plus years of experience and all that you have to offer to help us all get unstuck. You're most welcome. Thank you. Well, let me introduce Sarah Olscher. She's going to be our guest next week. She's a single mom and a cancer survivor. She was chosen in 2023 as the remarkable woman by Nextar Media. Sarah is the founder of Mighty and Bright, which provides a wealth of information and tools to help overwhelmed parents provide mental health for their kids, learning together and incorporating coping skills into day-to-day life. When parents are dealing with something hard, our kids are too. When we're trying to survive through divorce, illness, or crises, how do we help our kids through the worst thing that ever happened to them? Let's check our compass, everyone, and learn what we need to as we empower our children to face the ups and downs of life, which will surely come. Have a wonderful week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Taking the Helm. We hope that Lynn and her guests have provided valuable insights on how to create a safe emotional space for your children that empowers them to be their best selves until we talk again, have a wonderful week.